and welcome to our uh, Fashion Potluck podcast session. My name is Luna, I'm the content manager of Fashion Potluck and I am here with Julie Sharon Wachtel. Uh, she's a psychologist specialized in couples uh, therapy and she's based here in Amsterdam, the Netherlands. I am also in company of um, Luis Galdames Echeverria. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. <laughs> he is the founder of Fashion Potluck and he's here to give us his male perspective because today we're going to be talking about relationships and social media and we are also based now in our office in Amsterdam. So Julie, welcome. Thank you, nice to be here. Nice to have you here. Um, so our first question is, why do you think dating apps are so successful? Are people too... Um, Are people too busy to meet people in real life or is it just easier to meet people online? I think dating apps are so popular because people want to find love. They want to have a partner. And now that we have this technology, it's a way to make that happen. And it's a little bit of a safer way. So it's a way to kind of look through all the potential partners out there and to be a little picky about what you uh, what you want uh, and wh who you choose to meet. So it's, it's very convenient and people are very into their phones and their technology and uh, it's hard to, to, to remove yourself from it nowadays, right? Definitely, definitely. Yeah, I think I think for me, I think it's also uh, yeah, definitely it, there is a uh, a finding love um, aspect to it, and yeah, there's also the fact that they're really kind of addictive in the sense of uh, of uh, almost gamification, in the sense that you look at pretty pictures and then you're you're, you're seeing people at their you know best quote yeah. unquote, so you end up kind of like wanting to see who's next, who's next, who's next. But uh, but yeah, I think most of us really, I would agree with you, mm -hmm. uh, one level. Definitely. Uh, There's definitely that addictive quality to it, right? Just like all the other, the the, the Instagram and Facebook and this kind of this scrolling uh, addiction. Yeah. So, and that, that the same happens in the dating apps. But um, dating apps give us the feeling we have endless options of dating choice. What do you think? How does this affect us? Does it lead to... Egoism? And by egoism, do you mean that people are uh, self-centered? Kind of, yes. They, they think they can just have everyone and they have the choice to really swipe right or left. Well, they do, right? So this this is what happens. So there there's a lot more choice, and it's not like you're meeting one person in a bar and have to have a whole conversation. Now you just have this swiping. I don't know if I, I don't know if people are more self centered than they were before. I think people in general are self centered, and you want to you want to do what makes you happy or what brings you pleasure, right? We we tend to move towards that, and this is just a way to do that. I don't think it makes us more self-centered necessarily. It maybe makes us a bit pickier uh, because there's so many options. It's not like you're in, let's say you're in a bar and there's 20 people sure. that you can choose to talk to, but in an app, it's endless. Sure. It's Right? It's endless. Do you feel that um, dating apps kind of make uh, women more emancipated in a way? 
I, uh, I, I hope that they, they, they were already. <laughs> um, yeah. And if you, if, yeah, by emancipated, you mean that they're pickier? I think that. But also that they are more, they feel less awkward approaching a guy and not really approaching a guy, but uh, texting a guy on Tinder, for instance. Mm. I think that's an improvement. And uh, before, I assumed they would not approach a guy so easily. So, yeah, that, that could be. And I also think what's, what uh, is really helping women now is that on social media, there's a lot of sharing of experiences. So there's a normalization of you know what is normal and what is not normal. Like, this has happened to me and this has been terrible. Hey, this has also happened to someone else. And women are maybe more likely to stand up for themselves or share their stories. You see that, of course, with the Me Too movement. It really strengthens yes. women. Um, so I would, I, I, now I'm, you know, that's emancipation in a different direction. It's not so much about uh, the partners they choose, because uh, that I'm not so sure about. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, so yeah. it's, uh, yeah, another question that we, that we, had was you know regarding uh, social media and how it's changed through the monogamy. Mm. As for example, when you're doing social, when you're doing actually dating apps as well, we talked about this before the podcast. Was the was that for example now in social media, social media in dating apps, many times it's it's it's, it's not that difficult to come across um, somebody saying, okay, I'm in open, I'm in an open relationship or I'm in a polyamorous relationship, looking for a new partner. So it, it seems that uh, it seems that uh, that dating apps uh, generally have also created a more openness for a wider variety of types of relationships. What do you think? Do, do you think this is the case, or, or, or? Well, it does look like that, and at the same time, uh, in the end, uh, many people choose to be in a sexually monogamous relationship. So, world, that's what we see worldwide. Not every society has that, but many do. In the end, that you know, the some of the numbers. I think that by age uh, forty nine, eighty nine percent of people are are married in a monogamous relationship. They're choosing monogamy uh, and not polyamory or open open marriage. But it might be at it at uh, in the. You know, in the, in the dating phase and uh, uh, before wanting to settle down, because you got to remember, at one point, a lot of uh, men and women they want to have children, and people tend to want to have children with one person and not be in a relationship with anyone else because it's a it's a quite a big transition in life, and to be involved with other people makes it complicated. It's funny. This is reminded me. I watched this uh, documentary on the Netflix. Uh, explained. It's called. One of the chapters is about monogamy, okay. and uh, they talked about how this was like a man human construct, and and how this you know had varied you know centuries ago and, and from different societies. But but it's interesting to hear your point. Absolutely. Definitely. Uh, but I I think uh, we should maybe talk a bit more about relationships. And uh, it could be argued that technology allows us to track our partner all the time. So do you think does that lead to controlling behavior in relationships? Uh, what leads to controlling behavior uh, besides maybe certain uh people that tend to be more controlling in general are uh, when there's not so much trust, right? So it's the, the lack of trust in a relationship that will lead partners to be more 
uh, checking, checking their partner. So maybe there has been an affair or maybe there's a suspicion that something else is going on. And, and that's when there will be more of that checking behavior. What do you recommend? I mean, what, what would be checking? So how would you define checking? Like, I don't know, would, yeah. would it be a, a, You know, checking uh, someone's email, checking someone's uh, phone, uh, uh, checking, uh, you know, where they are, uh, asking about it. But how about if it's just social media, the person's just like accessing your profile to see if you posted something or if you're, uh, you know, if you went up to a party, you went to a party, for example. Uh, and then you met some people, then a hypothetical example, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. an example of a friend of a friend. No, but let's suppose. <laughs> so, yeah. so you go to a party and then, uh, and then, you know, uh, the girlfriend that you're with, let's, let's, let's suppose it was me. Uh, so my girlfriend checks who I met at the, at the, the party that I was with. Yeah. And then she starts checking on that person. Mm -hmm. uh, and like kind of like stalking that uh, girl that she believes uh, I might be interested in, and then and then you well, know, you're using the word stalking there. Yeah, so that's a strong word. Maybe to what extent is it considered normal to track your partner in social media? So if you're that's that's you're tra tracking people that your partner. If you're in a relationship, you're in a committed loving relationship okay and you're uh really worried about who your partner is meeting then you know then it's then maybe something isn't going so well in the relationship if you're really concerned about it if you're really uh feeling like uh, this urge to constantly be checking i would say that that's really not very uh that it's kind of a sign yeah. that something isn't working in the relationship, that you're feeling this distrust. But do you think it's a lack of trust or is it just personal insecurities? Because on social media, you have so many choices. Do you think that makes you feel more insecure because your partner might have so many options? So it really depends on what phase of the relationship you're in. Yeah. yeah, if you're in the beginning of the relationship and maybe it's not exclusive yet or who knows where you are, but if you're in a in a committed relationship and you're really decided, okay, we're together and uh, you may have insecurities, but that would be in a, in a relationship that's going well, those would be insecurities that would have space to be talked about in the relationship yes. and be addressed and be kind of uh, uh, comforted. So you would find comfort in your partner and they would be, uh, they would try to help you with your insecurities. That's but, that's that's how trust uh, gets deeper. It's it's interesting that, that actually we just mentioned right now, maybe yes. at the beginning or in the middle, because I know that you know well, we talked a little bit uh, like I don't know like five minutes ago uh, regarding you know there being so many options when you're beginning a relationship, when you're beginning a relationship, uh, you know that there are so many options out there that you always feel like the grass is cleaner on the other side, and then to what degree you know this changes at the beginning or middle of a relationship or whether the intensity of the relationship, if it's strong or if it's really uh, going well, I often wonder about this because it is, you know, the, I think uh, many people, they don't necessarily delete their, uh, their dating apps uh, from their phone when they start something. Or I know of some guys that, for example, once they get into like some fight or some argument, they go uh, immediately back to the dating apps. Yeah, yeah. The, to, Maruneta said, yeah, they will actually install back 
the dating apps yeah. and, and start like you know like swiping to see or like if it's happened who you crossed who you came across upon or or you know whatever just to see what what other options are there and and I think maybe I don't know I want I wonder if, if you get the same thing in, 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 um, uh, as a girl because I know that many times you see this in, their, in the descriptions. You know, if you're if you're dating or if you're like a, if you're in a relationship, uh, you know, you know, you know, swipe left because this just seems like a lot of people do this. Uh, at least from from from. Uh, yeah, and so people don't want that. They don't want to be with someone who's in a relationship. There's a lot of people who do not want that. Yeah. That's true. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So you, you might notice how many people do want that, but there's more people who do not want that. They want exclusivity. Most people do. Huh. You don't want to be with someone who's also with other people. Yeah, but it does, it does to me, it opens the question of like how much um, dating apps and social media do give us this feeling that it's the grass is greener on the other side. Yeah, yeah. So... So first of all, there are there are of course people who do want that, and that that's absolutely fine. But if we're just looking at this idea of the grass green on the other side, you have uh, in in the development of love. Yeah, there's there's several phases. The first phase is what we call limerence, and limerence is that first stage where you know it's, there's a lot of hormones going. It's this falling in love feeling. It's really exciting. There's all sorts of hormones you know, about a dozen hormones that are going through your body that are making it really, really exciting. And you want actually really that exclusivity. You're like together all the time. Uh, you don't want, you You know, you delete all the other apps. You don't care about the outside world. It's you and this other person. And that's, that's what, that's the, how love develops in the beginning. Yeah. Then you move to the next phase, which is where you start to develop trust. And trust has to do with um, really um, having the feeling that when there's a problem, when you're uh, when there's a negative emotion, when, when you're upset about something, that your partner is there and listens to you and tries to figure things out with you. Or when there's been a, a, a fight, a conflict or something that you're able to talk about it together and get through it, get past it, that you you do something, you process it together. And also you start to, this trust also has to do with have a, having a feeling that you're both just as influential in the relationship. So you're just as, you have an equal amount of power, a feeling of power. Yeah. So it doesn't have to be 50-50 from, a, from a, uh, an objective uh, point of view. But for the couple, it feels like this, we both are, are, are equal here. So if that's going well, then you're, you know, trust is developing. After that is when commitment starts to develop. And commitment is the, the, the third phase. And the third phase is of commitment has to do with, okay, do I, do I choose to be with this person? Am I committing myself to this person? Or, or am I thinking, well, there might be someone else out there for me. There might be, you know, maybe, maybe the grass is greener on the other side. And I want to check out that grass on the other side. You know, is it, would I, you know, I, so I, uh, you know, I have, um, I have the, uh, uh, you know, I, uh, you know, I'm with Tom and Tom likes, uh, uh, you know, uh, doesn't, you know, no. Yeah. Tom, he never does anything for me. You know, I, I he doesn't even, you know, he never even makes me, uh, uh, a cup of coffee and you know Jim he works at a coffee shop yeah. and you know he can probably make me a great cup of coffee <laughs> you know so maybe you know I should be with someone like Jim so it's when you start to compare in that 
in that phase, when you think, well, maybe, you know, I'm better off with someone else, then, then you're not going to get to through the commitment. So when you're not comparing, when you're thinking, okay, this person's good for me, then you're really committing to the relationship. Does that make sense? It does. It does. I, have, I have a question. Um, how long do these phases last approximately, or it really differs per person? That's a good one, actually. That's, that's, that's a very good one, yeah. Well, the first phase is usually somewhere between six and 18 months. Yeah, so that's quite a while where you're, you know, in this, you don't really, there, you don't really notice the red flags. Okay. Yeah, and the red flags are, there's, there's always going to be areas where you differ, where you have problems, where you'll have conflicts. But in that phase, the hormones are so, you know, they're all over and you don't really notice because you're, you're kind of being blinded from it. And then, um, so that's that first phase. And then the second phase can last short, the second and third it really depends. It's really hard to say. So, you know, um, it also has very much to do with culture, uh, has to do with, uh, you know, where you're living. Uh, you know, if you're living in a, I'm guessing if you're living in a really busy city with all sorts of, you know, so many people, uh, it, it kind of in your age group that that phase is going to last a lot longer. Um, uh, it depends also on your own age. Yeah. You know how far you are. You know, if you're if you're, you know, in your mid 30s, uh, that phase usually lasts shorter than if you're in your, you know, late teens, you know, early 20s, yeah. where you're not really thinking about serious long term relationships yet, possibly. So it differs. Interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. Yeah, so maybe maybe the, the, the other question really, really the, the grass is greener on the other side, probably it's really the impact of uh, dating apps and social media in general was probably stronger at the beginning than once, than once their relationship is already well-founded and well-established. Uh, it yeah. seems from what you're saying, but... Uh, Listen, if you're with someone that still has a dating app installed on their phone, you know, you might need to have a good conversation, yeah. let's say. <laughs> That's, um, yeah. Interesting, but I feel that... Um, Dating apps also, uh, a lot of people don't really take them that seriously. But do you think uh, people have become more afraid of commitment? Uh, and that is why they're using the dating apps, actually, just for fun. Uh, that's hard to say. Um, in the end, it doesn't look like... Uh, people are more afraid of commitment. I think that it, you're really, it, it, you have, you got to look at it in, in terms of uh, what phase of life someone is. So later uh, when they're, you know, is, let's say mid thirties and above, there's, uh, there's a real willingness to commit to a relationship. And, you know, with all the options that are out there, maybe before that, that's not the case. Yeah. Makes sense, definitely. But that's it, right? In general, I mean, you're looking. You got to also look at the stats in different countries. Of yeah. course, you know, here in in Holland, uh, people get married, you know, much later if they get married at all, or yeah. they have children much later than certain other countries. So you're going to have commitment. You know, the need to commit that that real that need that that a lot of people have to commit to this one person who will be there for you, that you can count on, that you feel close to, that you can share everything with. 
that need may arise later in life when you're, uh, and especially, don't forget this kind of this this feeling, this need that people have, this wish to have children. It, that's really important to keep in mind, and that comes usually comes later in life. Interesting. Uh, you know, I'm thinking about if we should actually ask one of our, our users their questions, uh, you know, about liking. Uh, yes. Um, so one of our users had a question: Could liking other people on social media while being in a relationship? be seen as cheating and how to cope if your partner is in a sort of way cheating you online. Um, if liking someone else posts is cheating, that would be really a very wide definition of cheating, I think. Yeah, definitely. I think yeah. it's very present with uh, younger people that uh, you maybe are in a relationship and then that person you keep seeing that they're liking, uh, for instance, if my boyfriend's liking other girls' pictures all the time, what should be my attitude towards that? Should I be fine with that? Because if you kind of confront them, they usually answer it's just only social media. So the, the thing is not, should you be okay with that? If you don't feel okay with it, if you personally are feeling uncomfortable with it, if it worries you, if something about it feels off, then that's really a conversation to be had with your partner. Yeah. Hey, you know, I see that this is happening. I've seen these likes here and here, you know, and specifically this one person. And, you know, this is really kind of worrying me. You know, I, I start to have these feelings that, I, you know, I don't even like having. Yeah. And it's kind of freaking me out, you know. So what's going on? And and um, if you're dismissed, if then the answer is, well, you know, don't exaggerate. Don't be such a, you know, a pain. Leave me alone. <laughs> you know, that's not really going to help with the building of trust, right? Definitely. That's the second phase. That second phase is, well, Oh, wait, hold on. Sorry, I didn't realize, uh, you know, uh, I'm sorry. What do you want me to do? Yeah. That would be much more of a trust building reaction. So more about like what really being honest and transparent about what makes you comfortable and what does not make you comfortable yeah. and having the other uh, person uh, 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 take this into consideration and, and accept that this is uh, that this has weight emotionally and within the relationship. Exactly. Exactly. <clears throat> yeah. It's really important to take your own feelings seriously, to not dismiss them and think about whether you should or should not have feelings. The point is that you have feelings yeah, yeah. and you need to take those seriously. And uh, those are, you know, they're, they're, it's real for you and it's important. And, um, and if you're building, if you want to be in a relationship with someone, it's important to share what it is that you're feeling and what it is that you're needing. You know, if you, if you don't say anything, how's the other person supposed to know that this is bothering you? How are they supposed to know? Yeah. Yeah, they don't know. And they can only know if you tell them because they're not mind readers. That's something we often forget. That we're not mind readers. Yeah, I agree. I agree. <clears throat> so one of the one of the questions that you know we we you know I think we all have uh, we talked about it a little bit uh, before we started. Uh, you know, the, the famous stages of grief, the there's you know, supposedly five stages of grief. Uh, <clears throat> so after a breakup, uh, you know, in, in a world where you're able to track uh, what your, you know, the, you know, your girlfriend or boyfriend uh, are doing after a breakup, how does that influence, you know, the five stages of grief and uh, and and 
I mean, does it, does it make a difference? I mean, it seems to me, because for me personally speaking, from my, from, from my experience that, that I shared before with my ex-girlfriend, the fact that it was probably the uh, the strongest relationship and the most, uh, um, I would probably say it's one of my best relationships ever, uh, after we broke up, social media really made it extremely difficult for me to let go. It just really took me, uh, I think, a painful, extraordinarily, you know, long time to actually feel at ease again. Mm. And uh, how, how, how does social media, in your experience, how does that affect the uh, affect uh, the, the the stages of grief? Mm, well, you know, a broken heart really hurts. Is really hard. Um, and that's going to be the case whether there's social media or not. I mean, it really is tough. Uh, so let's start with that. And uh, and it's it's painful. It takes time. If you you know if your heart's really broken, then you know it really physically hurts. Um, and and you need time. And um, of course, reminders um, kind of can keep it very fresh. Yeah. So if I can really imagine that if you keep seeing your ex on social media and seeing, you know, all the great things that they're up to, that it can make you feel pretty down. Yeah. I can imagine that that makes it harder, uh, uh, to, 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 to process and to move on. But in general, it's hard. It can be really hard. Yeah. One of the follow-up questions, I think, actually, is then what are the methods of dealing with a breakup? Can we even make it a bit less painful? Um, so, you know, there's all sorts of breakups, right? So if are we talking about, you know, if someone broke up with you and you're really heartbroken? Yeah. Is that where you're, sense. you know, if you're really, um, you know, uh, it's about self-care. So self-care means um, uh, being able to uh, take care of yourself by, you know, uh, taking a shower every day and and not oversleeping. You know, don't end up, you know, sleeping 20 hours a day, yeah. but, you know, make sure you get up, go out, have some fresh air, you know, do yoga or Pilates or take a run, you know, really try to take care of your of your physical health. Yeah, it's a really physically not kind of just completely letting go of all your self-care because it makes you feel really worse. So if you're taking care of yourself, uh, it's, it's like you're, um, you're soothing yourself. And then really important to be socially active as far as you can be. So to have friends that you can meet with, talk with that are supportive to you, that will, you know, go out, you can go out to dinner or, you know, to a movie or just go out for something and, and, and have that support. So because the social connections are what really help us thrive. So, so you want to be that, that those are really important factors in, in, in kind of, you know, having your, you, 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 to, to overcome uh, this, this desperate feeling of, of being broken up with. And, um, you know, you can always, if you're feeling super stuck, you know, uh, going to a therapist uh, would be uh, really helpful if you don't really, you know, if you're, if you're finding that your friends and family are, you know, don't really want to uh, listen to you or not very supportive, you know, that would be a great way to get some support. Would you recommend, for example, you know, the thing that everybody has this question all the time uh, to just either, you know, delete the other person from your from your contacts in terms of social media. Um, yeah. Block them. 
<laughs> block them. Yeah. yeah, that could be it. Block them, or yeah. or even go to the extreme, which is like delete your own or deactivate your own your own uh, social media for a while. Do you yeah. recommend that, or or is that like really? So if you find uh, yourself constantly looking at what your ex is doing, you know you're you're kind of keeping that you're you're getting really obsessed. And you're really focusing on all the stuff that they're doing. And that's not, that's the opposite of self-care. You're focusing on that other and not on yourself. So yeah, if that's really hard to, to not be doing that, then deleting is probably your best option. So what, what, what would you recommend? What level of uh, yeah, access yeah. <laughs> would, would you recommend them? What would it be a signal that, okay, you're, you're becoming a bit obsessed about this? Like, would you can be... feel it. There's not, it's not, an, it's not attached to a number, uh, you know, amount of time, but you can feel like, you know, that you keep on having that urge uh, to check what your ex is doing. And how do you feel when you're, when you're looking at what your ex is doing? Is that really benefiting you? Are you, are, how do you feel after you're, you're looking at that? Uh, you're probably feeling pretty crappy after that. Right. And, uh, and do you want to feel like that? And there may be a bit of a wallowing in a broken heart, kind of, you know, listening to sad music and kind of looking at these photos. But at one point, uh, it becomes too much. And you're, you know, you're really, you're, you're, you notice that you don't have energy uh, for, for anything else. And, you know, it's gone too far then. And you can, you can feel it. You can feel when, okay, this is, you know, this has gone too far. Yeah, a lot of times you see, uh, you see couples, uh that they post, uh, they post their best, uh, their best pictures online. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, by, by looking at them online, you would think that they're having, I don't know, the the most romantic and beautiful relationship that mm -hmm. ever existed on the planet. Yeah, good for them. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like, but but is this like a is this healthy or is this like a like a, kind of like a way to that for portraying something to uh, society that is really not there or, or how well, do you see what this? we do know uh, is that social media isn't really good for our mental health right so watching all these you know people put their best selves online uh, everyone else sees that you feel bad about your own life so in general there's no benefit really it's it has most of the effect of social media is pretty depressing. Okay. So it's, it's, um, and if you're, um, if you're seeing, uh, if you're seeing these happy couples online and you're in a relationship yourself and you think, well, we don't look, we're not that happy. Um, you know, that, that will make you feel maybe worse about your relationship. Or if you feel like you have to, you know, post a happy picture every day, but not every day is so happy. You may feel like you want to give up quicker. Huh. Mm -hmm. that, that's interesting. I, I see a lot of happy couples on Instagram, but yeah, you never know if they're actually happy. I also feel like there's this competition amongst couples who looks happier, maybe. Yeah, mm -hmm. definitely. Mm. You see that like a lot of like friends and stuff, like friends that are couples, right? Not really my friends, but you have a lot of these famous couples and I feel they kind of set the standards. Mm -hmm. And now a lot of young couples are trying to act the same way, pose the same pictures and yeah. Mm. Yeah, there's of course the celebrities that are in relationships, they post all these wonderful pictures yeah. and you know, before you know it, they're divorced again. Exactly. And it wasn't that great. Um, yeah, it's... To, anyway, the whole culture of, of watching what celebrities are doing is, is, is really hard on people because those are standards that are 
they're 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 really fantasies, and yeah. that's what you see when there's a divorce again. When one of those couples divorces again, it's like, oh wait, the whole thing was not really true. And then there come the stories. Well, you know, I was really unhappy, and it was like this yeah. and like that. And so all the all the time you've been looking at this relationship that seems so perfect, but it wasn't. So, yeah, I, I'm I'm really not super happy about all these, uh, you know, all of it. But it's been for years, you know, before internet, there were just you know magazines and and, and TV, and you know, it's of course more and more with Instagram and all these different social media platforms it's just you can't escape it almost yeah it's really difficult to escape but I think we are slowly coming to the end of our yeah, podcast yes uh, well unfortunately definitely we hope that our listeners got a lot of interesting insights as we did uh, thank you very much Julie and thank you Louise okay. uh, you can check Julie's information in the article and to leave some comments and suggestions below. Yeah, and then interview, you know, the, if there's anybody that needs uh, specialized uh, help as well, I think it's always important to, to uh, you know, which mentioned at the beginning, uh, reach out to, to a therapist. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. That's why we're going to leave your contact. <laughs> All right, thank you very much. Thank you.